Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Anya, and you're listening to WET. Just a few weeks ago, I was blown away by all the beautiful imagery I saw on social media of a bioluminescent algal bloom in Southern California. Pictures and Instagram stories of the beach at night where the crashing waves were lit by a neon glow filled my feed. Being that I'm from the Bay Area and sheltering in place, I didn't get to view this bioluminescent bloom myself. But if you've ever seen one, you'll know what I mean when I say they're magnificent. The first time I saw a bioluminescent algal bloom was when I was a marine science student doing a study and research program at Bodega Marine Lab. Friends showed up at my dorm late at night spontaneously asking me to join them in some night swimming, since there had been word of a bioluminescent bloom coming up. I excitedly switched into my swimsuit and loaded up some friends in my car, and with the top down, drove up the coast to a local beach, hoping we'd get to witness the bioluminescence. We met up with another car of students, and we all squeezed our cold bodies into borrowed wetsuits and ran towards the water. When the ocean was in view, rather than being stopped in my tracks, I was drawn in even more powerfully towards the water. Before me crashed waves not lost in the darkness like you would expect on a cold night, but instead glowing, lit up by what looked like could only be magic. As our group went straight into the frigid water, hanging on to each other to keep grounded against the tide, each time a wave crashed against me, it appeared as if my body was the night sky. Teeny tiny twinkling plankton plastered against the deep black of my wetsuit gave my arms and torso the appearance of constellations. Looking at the bioluminescence on me and around me is an experience that inspired so many feelings within me. Namely, appreciation, excitement, and curiosity about the ocean. As a marine science student, I knew a lot about this seemingly ethereal phenomenon. And although it wasn't on my mind in those magical moments, I knew that these algal blooms are not always as beautiful as the one I had experienced. As many of you living in the San Diego area may know right now, this recent and sensationalized bioluminescent bloom which started in late March of 2020, has very quickly gone stanky. (laughs) Nikki from Pacific Beach, San Diego, recounted that even from as far as 10 to 15 blocks from the beach, you could still smell the bold and tangy stench that's reminiscent of old seaweed or a wharf. Josie, also from San Diego, told me that even though the smell eventually faded, it was definitely gross while it lingered in the air. This recent bloom to bust happened because the species of algae that lit up the coast, Lingolodinium polydera, or L. poly, produces a noxious smell as it dies. L. poly produces both bioluminescence and a terrible odor. 
but what else can bioluminescent algae do? The residents of Southern California may have had to plug their noses near the coast for a few weeks, but compared to other algal blooms around the world, SoCal got off easy. On this episode of What, we're going to get to the bottom of what made the waves glow in San Diego, and how, in other places around the world, these same oceanic events have caused massive disarray. But first, let's cover the science behind these magical scenes. Just to be clear, the waves that were glowing in Southern California in March and April of 2020, and all other glowing waves, I'd have to assume, are in fact not materialized by magic. Ah. But don't worry, I'd say the science is even cooler. This type of glowy phenomena is known as bioluminescence. Bioluminescence is the emission of light as a product of a chemical reaction happening inside a live plant or animal. I know that might sound crazy, but I'm betting that you already know of an animal that's bioluminescent. Got it? A firefly! Yeah! A firefly is a great example of a bioluminescent animal you may have encountered on land. But in the ocean, bioluminescence is a very diversified trait, meaning that many different types of plants and animals can do it. In the case of the neon blue waves during a bioluminescent bloom, the culprit causing the light display is usually a population of dinoflagellates. Dinoflagellates are a single-celled organism in the plankton, which means that they are super tiny, and mostly in surface waters. And while not all dinoflagellates are bioluminescent, practically all coastal bioluminescence can be attributed to them. As I mentioned earlier, the blooms seen this spring were mostly made up of the dinoflagellate species L. poly. So, while all the Instagram influencers flocked to the coast to document the glowing waves for their stories, what they were really documenting was the combination of the chemical luciferin with the enzyme luciferase and marveling at the energy released as light as luciferin loses an electron. If this chemical light show wasn't happening in such densely packed tides, 20 million dinoflagellates per liter of ocean water, to be exact, Instagram influencers and other beach spectators alike wouldn't even see it, because each individual reaction only emits light for 0.1 second, which makes the reaction happen faster than the blink of an eye, which actually takes four times as long. And no, dinoflagellates do not do this purely for the enjoyment of humans, as you might have been wondering. This chemical reaction is actually meant to startle predators, to slow down their feeding rate, and, in the process, it also acts as a secondary alert system to attract the predator of whatever is trying to eat the dinoflagellate. The dinoflagellate has evolved to emit this bioluminescent response when it is stressed, like when it's being handled by a predator. But this also results in a glowy light display when waves crash, which can definitely be quantified as a stressful situation if you are only the size of a single cell. Oh, and these bioluminescent events are referred to as blooms because of the density of the dinoflagellate population. Like I said, the total number of dinoflagellates can get up to 20 million per liter of water and happens when ocean currents pull up deep sea nutrients to the top of the water column and algal populations, like the dinoflagellates, bloom as a result. 
Algal blooms are sometimes referred to as red tides because during the daytime, the densely packed bloom can make the ocean appear a reddish-brown color. And while not all algal blooms are made up of primarily bioluminescent dinoflagellates, I would say that the bioluminescent blooms are the most charming. So yeah, bioluminescent blooms are pretty cool and are pretty much a result of the stressed out dinoflagellates flexing their coolest chemical reaction. However, the truth is that beauty fades. The ephemeral nature of bioluminescent algal blooms may be part of the draw, but as we heard from our San Diego residents, this spectacular sight left behind a foul odor that crept further inland than the local acai bowl shops. It looks like a picture-perfect beach day, but what you can't see is the odor. Hoping the smell will at least go away soon. It's causing a bit of a stink. It's creating a very strong stench up and down the coast. So why did this happen? Algal blooms are a very important oceanic process and are often the primary source of energy for a very productive food web. But not every algal bloom is the same, and that is because there are many different types of dinoflagellates that have the potential to bloom during these events. The reason the San Diego beaches got stinky following the bioluminescence was that the species of dinoflagellate making up the algal bloom, L. poly in this case, releases a noxious gas when the organism dies and breaks down, leaving a smelly reminder of how powerful the ocean is. That being said, San Diego's stinky algal bloom, well, maybe was not the most lovely to inhale, was not detrimental as far as some algal blooms go. In addition to a trail of bioluminescence and ocean productivity, some algal blooms leave a trail of death, earning them the brand of harmful algal blooms. The difference between the type of algal bloom that happened in San Diego that offered a beautiful display of light versus a harmful algal bloom is the species of dinoflagellate that grows. The dinoflagellates that bloomed in San Diego were a stinky but safe species. Alas, there are other species of dinoflagellates that, when they grow out of control, have harmful effects on fish, shellfish, marine mammals, birds, and humans. Some of the human illnesses that harmful algal blooms cause can be completely debilitating. So, not only are some algal blooms bioluminescence-free, but they're also dangerous. The otherwise picturesque west coast of Florida and the rest of the Gulf of Mexico start to expect a harmful algal bloom every August when oceanographic conditions become favorable. Some of the factors that contribute to a bloom include the temperature of the water, the salinity, the light saturation, the water chemistry, and the currents. There are a lot of moving parts to create such a perfect storm. But when they do happen, these harmful algal blooms can wreak major havoc across the coast, producing terrible smells, toxifying our food supply, and even killing marine life. The species behind the harmful algal blooms in the Gulf of Mexico is known as Karenia brevis. K. brevis is a small but mighty dinoflagellate that produces a potent brevitoxin, a type of neurotoxin that compromises an animal's nervous system. During the months that K. brevis blooms, dead fish and marine mammals litter the beach and harmful toxins linger in the air, posing the risk of human respiratory illnesses. In 2018, which had a particularly strong bloom, 
the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission reported 288 manatees dead from the red tide. Sea turtles and dolphins are also victims of harmful algal blooms and will wash up on shore dead as well, turning these usually picturesque beaches into a morgue. Hundreds of sea turtles, thousands of fish, and dozens of manatees have died, washing up on shore, poison. Moreover, the reaches of K. brevis extends beyond the beach as the shellfish that accumulate the harmful brevitoxin get harvested by commercial fisheries and toxify our food supply. These toxic shellfish can cause neurotoxic shellfish poisoning, amnesic shellfish poisoning, which can literally give you chronic amnesia, diuretic shellfish poisoning, enough said, and paralytic shellfish poisoning, which can paralyze you for the first 12 hours of being affected. Luckily for you all, I'm quite faint of heart, so I won't be listing off the rest of the symptoms, but trust me, these conditions are as terrible as their names suggest. Even on the more moderate side, swimming in a harmful algal bloom can irritate your skin, and even just taking a run on the beach and exposing yourself to the air can put you at risk. The toxins in the air alone can put you at risk of exacerbated asthma, bronchitis, or pneumonia. Not only can harmful algal blooms cause physical harm to humans and marine life alike, but it can also harm local and regional economies. Harmful algal blooms can force the closure of scallop and other shellfish fisheries, costing local economies tens of millions of dollars each year. All of these reasons make it incredibly important that marine scientists have a thorough understanding of the workings of a harmful algal bloom. While algal blooms in general are very important to ocean ecosystems, harmful algal blooms stand to do a lot of damage, which is why scientists are concerned with an increasing trend of harmful algal blooms in many areas, like the Gulf of Mexico, which is bordered by Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. As we discussed, there are a lot of moving parts that contribute to an algal bloom, and even more so to a harmful algal bloom. One factor that has played a large hand in increasing the chances of a harmful algal bloom is agricultural runoff. Agricultural runoff is extremely nutrient-rich and gets into the ocean by traveling through streams and rivers. Once the nutrients, nitrogen in particular, arrive at sea, they feed the K. brevis, which can then outcompete the other species of algae. Additionally, Harmful algal blooms tend to thrive in warm waters, leading some scientists to conclude that climate change might also be playing a role in the increased intensity of harmful algal blooms that many scientists have noted. Because what exactly is causing an increase in harmful algal blooms, and if there has even been an increase at all, is still a somewhat controversial field, then again, what isn't these days? Marine scientists remain working hard to monitor harmful algal bloom events in the hopes of further understanding any changes in bloom trends and to provide communities with precise forecasts. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association, aka NOAA, is a great resource that offers reliable harmful algal bloom forecasts, which are important to helping keep the Gulf of Mexico locals informed on the up-to-date conditions of harmful algal blooms so that they can plan and prepare accordingly. If you're hoping to vacation in Florida, after the COVID pandemic is over, of course, and you don't want the water to be red and the beach is dead, you might be wondering if scientists have figured out a way to combat the harmful types of algal blooms. For now, scientists have been pursuing two main strategies. 
The first, and definitely more high-maintenance course of action, is pumping infected waters into 25,000-gallon tanks where they can be treated with ozone and pumped back into the ocean, purified. This process is supposed to mimic the purification of aquariums and pools, but for now, it's still in its early testing phases. The other option that is being explored is to introduce diatoms, another species of algae, to compete with the toxic K. brevis. But for now, this potential solution is also still being tested. Because there are no safe solutions yet, harmful algal blooms will continue to rain terror on marine ecosystems and beachgoers alike. But on the bright side, this gives marine scientists ample opportunity to learn even more about how red tides work and how to deal with agricultural runoff in a way that prevents it from exacerbating harmful blooms. As it does with many other things, Instagram only showed us the beautiful side of algal blooms. When it seemed like everyone was sharing spectacular footage of the glowing waves, there was actually a darker underbelly to all the fuss. Well, I guess in San Diego's case, a stinky one. Yes, bioluminescent blooms are beautiful, and they deserve to be appreciated. And no, they're not all harmful. But it seems unfair to talk about the beautiful and not mention the rest. Today, we learned that the majestic white show brightening the night sea earlier this year was the product of dense populations of dinoflagellates performing a chemical reaction, which resulted in bioluminescence. We learned that this was one type of algal bloom that happens when nutrients are brought to the top of the water column. In the case of San Diego, that nutrient input came from deep water, whereas in the Gulf of Mexico, we have learned that an input of agricultural runoff can exacerbate a type of algal bloom that is toxic to people and marine life. These harmful algal blooms, sometimes referred to as red tides due to the reddish tinge the dense populations of dinoflagellates give the water, can kill marine life like fish, manatees, and dolphins, as well as cause neurological damage to humans who might accidentally ingest toxic shellfish. Lastly, we touched on the science of forecasting harmful algal blooms and potential solutions for future blooms. Just like the beach offers a peek into the wonders beneath the ocean, the hype over the bioluminescent waves was just a small piece of the algal bloom puzzle. Seeing everyone's photos on Facebook and Instagram reminded me of my own experience with the bioluminescent bloom and made me eager to get below the surface and ponder the more complex picture of algal blooms as a whole. The ocean is an expansive and exciting body of water that can give us striking memories, but also strike down on the health and economy of entire coastlines. And algal blooms exemplify that quite beautifully. That's all I have for you today. Thanks for listening to WET. This episode of WET was written, recorded, produced, and edited by me, Anya Steiner. All original music was composed and recorded by Michael Sanchez. All my sounds came from freesound.com. And I'd like to give a special thanks to Nikki and Josie, who responded to my inquiry about San Diego beaches very quickly on Instagram. Thank you so much for your input. And all my citations will be in the show notes. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 